G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. A chat today about what we might think as Christians about the topic of vegetarianism because this is an interesting one and people are sometimes, and I wouldn't say always, but very occasionally divided on the issue of vegetarianism and what it is to be a Christian. Let's see if we can put some things straight today. Bill Muhlenberg from Culture Watch back with us. Hello, Bill. Welcome back to 2020. Great to be back. Thanks. Bill, this is an interesting one you've posted this week. Vegetarianism and Christianity. Have you noted that there are some Christians who feel as though it is some form of uh, religious legal obligation to Mm. avoid meat? Well, yes, it's probably exactly for that reason that I finally got around uh, writing something on this. There may not be many, but there are some. I've had people, uh, you know, get into a big fight with me, uh, pretty much insisting that, uh, you know, if you want to be a good Christian, you can't do this, you can't do that. So sometimes it can be, uh, well, the whole thing, you shouldn't be eating meat, or they may just stick with some of the meats uh, offered or per prohibited in the Old Testament, but, uh, you know, all the stuff we find in the New Testament about our freedom in Christ, and, you know, it's not what we eat or don't eat that brings us closer to God. It's just, you know, kind of amazing that some of these many verses are just overlooked, and people seem to want to kind of push a new legalism when there isn't such, at least in the New Testament. It seems to me people make reference to what Adam and Eve mm-hmm. might have been doing in the garden, this before-the-fall yep. idea that yep. there was no meat yep. eaten. Does yep. that have any credence? Well, there's two things that can be said about that. Uh, one, while it you know it does talk about all the plants and seed-bearing things that people can eat, there is no express prohibition about eating meat. So, you know, you've got to be careful there where they argue from silence. Uh, it certainly seems like it may have been the case that um, uh, perhaps they only ate uh, non-meat items back then. But, of course, by Genesis 9, we already read about uh, uh, the provision of meat, so you can ask, okay, well, is, does the fall change things, and was this the ideal of God? So one way you can get around that or deal with it is to look at, you know, what will be the, you know, the situation in the new heavens and the new earth. Can we learn anything there? Is that kind of like a, a reversion back to uh, the garden? And uh, while well, we read in some places, as I Uh, noted in my article, for example, back in uh, Isaiah, uh, Isaiah 11, we read about at that time there'll be this, what we call the Messianic banquet or the Messianic feast, and there'll be uh, great wine and great meats prepared. So, um, (laughs) you know, if we take a passage like that, there seems to be at least a little ambiguity whether or not they ate meat before the fall that may well have uh, meat in the life to come. So uh, you got to be a bit cautious there as to how far you go. 
But if we take the in-between times, yep. the Old Testament and the New Testament, there yep. are some uh, discrepancies there because in the Old Testament there were some laws mm. uh, that the Jewish people were under. How does that relate then to people who are New Testament Christians yep. uh, and what would we see in the Old Testament that would be valuable for yep. us? Yep. Well, certainly we find, as I said, by the time we get to Genesis 9-3, we have uh, after Noah... We get uh, told that meat-eating is fully acceptable, although later on then for Israel, places like uh, Leviticus, certain chapters, talks about which, you know, foods are clean, which foods are unclean. So there are distinctions there. There are certain kinds of meats uh, that Israelites could eat, others that they should avoid. So then it becomes a question, how much of any does that carry through into the New Testament? Uh, Jesus, of course, seemed to, well, he obviously took the moral principles, what we'd call the Ten Commandments and other important things, and carried those through, but in other areas uh, uh, pertaining to the national life of Israel, it seems like there's uh, not all of that does carry through. And again, Paul spent so much time dealing with the Judaizers and others who want to drag the Gentiles back under Jewish law, including what they ate or didn't eat. And Paul says, come on, in Christ we have real freedom. Don't bring these guys under a bondage or legalism. That's not what we're doing now that we have freedom in Christ. And of course, as Christian believers, we are followers of Christ. Mm -hmm. So Jesus' own attitude to meat would be important for us. And uh, Jesus ate meat. Well, sure. Certainly we know about his fish dinners. And assuming he was a good Jew who ate the Passover meals, that meant he had roast lamb as well. Uh, Of course, he fed the multitude with fish. Well, he's the one who gave Peter the vision and Acts 10 about, you know, don't uh, say no to foods I've said yes to. So all that evidence, it's pretty clear Jesus wasn't a vegetarian himself. And if this were some key biblical principle that all Christians must adhere to, well, then surely we would find that first and foremost in Jesus. Bill, if I can hear you right, you're really saying that there are some reasons why people might choose to be vegetarians, but there is a uh, a certainly a foundation there that says we ought not to be forced uh, to be vegetarian. It could be some form of manipulation or some uh, cult idea that uh, we ought to be vegetarian. You're saying that it is sometimes right for people to choose to be vegetarian. Oh, sure. People can have all kinds of what might be good reasons, maybe dietary reasons, health reasons, cultural reasons, maybe even moral reasons in their eyes as to why they may prefer not to eat meat. Uh, You know, many talk about at least ease up on the red meats, this and that, for health reasons. So all that's fine, and if that's your conviction, I've got no problem whatsoever. My main point was to say don't try to claim that it's somehow... uh, Christian obligation or law that we must be vegetarians, that you won't get with the New Testament data. Sure, if you want to do it for health reasons, fine, but don't judge your brother and bring them under a new legalism that Paul uh, says over and over again we should not be doing. Meat and drink is not the stuff of the kingdom of God, he says quite clearly. 
so uh, you know we shouldn't bring our brothers and sisters under a new legalism. So, Bill, a little practical uh, advice here. Perhaps those who feel as though there is some sort of obligation upon them not to eat meat and to be vegetarian, uh, mm. how would you approach uh, that sort of pressure that might come upon some people? Well, again, Paul gives us the uh, principles quite clearly. He says if you want to uh, do either the eating of meat or the refraining from meat, uh, that's up to you. But do not judge your brother. Do not lay a heavy on them. Uh, they should have the freedom in Christ to do what they want to do, as should you. So if you don't want to have meat, that's fine. But just don't go around trying to put a guilt trip on everybody else if they... Uh, think it's okay. So Paul lays it out pretty clear in Romans 14, 1 Corinthians 8, and so on. Don't let meat and drink be a cause of stumbling for your brother. Let's instead love each other and not try to push our own particular issue of conscience onto uh, everyone else. Okay, Bill, uh, let's finish up our conversation uh, with your response. When you go to a restaurant, you order a steak. Uh, Do you order the rare, the medium, or the well done? (laughs) Well, I, uh, actually, my article was too long, so I cut a bit out. But I did say that uh, when I was a non-Christian, I was actually a vegetarian for, you know, about a year and a half. <laughs> but I did start eating meat when I became a Christian, and now I do. Give me a good medium steak any day. Uh, I go the medium <laughs> as well. Yep. Uh, Bill, great talking. Uh, I'll point listeners to the Culture Watch website. Simply Google Culture Watch. You'll see Bill's article there about vegetarianism and Christianity. Bill, looking forward forward to our next conversation same time next week all right very good thanks like what you've just heard there's more great podcasts or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au and remember vision is listener supported your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life learn more or donate today at vision.org.au